Good morning. The timer has stopped and started, actually. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and let's get your Bibles out and your pens and uh, your paper. I know last week or a couple weeks back I offended some people because they have iPads. Uh, that wasn't the heart of it. Uh, if you have the Bible, that's no matter what you have, get your Bibles out. Amen? Uh, for those who would like to listen to the lesson in, in uh, Spanish, Spanish, we have a translation equipment. Uh, el equipo de traducción está con Norma. ¿sí? El equipo de traducción está con Norma. So if you like some translation equipment, that's what that says. At least that's what I was told. If it doesn't, please forgive me. Turn that reverb off. I, I can hear me. I'm not that loud. Um, I don't really need the microphone, but I'm, 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 I'm grateful for what I do get. Amen? Come on. You know, it is uh, great to uh, be here in Artesia High School. Yep. Uh, and I want to say it's a little bit flat this morning. Oh, and uh, well, if it's well. not going to be that much excitement, I'm going to go ahead and have a seat. Uh, but if you want to hear the word, let's make sure we get out of ourselves. Amen? Come on, uh, you know, it's a great day. It's not raining. Amen? Amen. Uh, we had the sunshine. Amen? Amen? You have some new clothes on or clothes. Amen? Amen? We've got some coffee and donuts. Amen? Amen? So you've got some things working for you. And you might have a challenging morning like sitting on donuts like Edgar. <laughs> but you're here this morning. Amen? And sometimes you got to smile to feel like you want to smile. So I'm going to look at you and I might smile like at Jenna. It's good to have you here. Um, I might smile. you like Maria. Hi, Maria back there. Good to see you. you know, hi, hi, Alan. Good to see you this morning. But uh, it is uh, great to be here in Artesia High School. Amen. And this is my spiritual family here. It is so exciting. We've been meeting here since January. And uh, I'm so excited about what God is doing, what God is opening doors in Cerritos and Lakewood and Artesia and all the surrounding areas. I know today is going to be a, a great time for all of us. I hope you've been in inspired, enriched, encouraged already. Amen. Amen. And I know for me, I already feel inspired to preach God's word. Amen. Uh, you know, I've got a, a, be a best friend of mine who's trained me in the ministry the past three years. He's here with us. I love John Cozzi to death. And I just want to say, John, it's good to have you here, brother. I love you so much. Uh, you know, you, you always got to have those men in your life uh, who is older in the Lord, who's been there and done that. He's been there and done that. And he has done so much for my wife and I. Him and Emma definitely have influenced our marriage and our kids. And our ministry here is really, you know, you, you, you got to appreciate the people that when, when, when you're down and out and you're kind of not doing what you feel God's called you to do and you appreciate the people who believe in you. That's the thing I love about the cause. They believe in you. That's why I love that passage that Edgar read. John 6. What's the work we got to do? Some of us think it's got to work harder, don't we? We think we got to do more good deeds. God says, believe in me. That's the work of God. And the thing I love about the cause is what they really bring here in our ministry is a sense of faith. Believing in each other. And the most important thing we need is our faith. Amen? And you know, I'm just going to ask a question. Where does faith come from, church? Faith comes from hearing the message. If you're not reading your word, that means you don't have much faith. Romans 10, 17. Go ahead and look at that during the week if you need that. But look over to your Bibles. Turn your Bibles over to Romans chapter 12. Amen? You know, I'm so excited to uh, share this morning with you. I know there's so much on my plate. <clears throat> you know, preaching is, is such a, a daunting task. Preaching is such a, a challenge to do because it's hard to get up and preach if you're not living an ounce. Well, and I, mean, I love that about being a Christian, about being a true disciple, is that you know, I get the chance to actually read the scriptures and put them into practice. Yeah. And I tell you, man, preaching does a lot for you. And you can't preach if you don't live it out. And sometimes you, you try and not live it out and you, and you try and preach, it's a whole lot harder. 
And I think, I think for me, the thing I love is really knowing that, that, that we have God on our side. Amen, church? Romans chapter 12. I told you to turn there. I didn't even obey myself. So please be with me. Romans chapter 12. But you know, welcome to the Metro East Ministries of the Los Angeles Church of Christ here in Metro LA. And uh, you know, uh, I'm so grateful to, to worship here. And I'm so grateful to call this my spiritual home. Yeah. And so grateful to see a lot of people we've already built memories with. And it's been now the month of April. I thought of playing an April Fool's joke on everyone this morning, but I don't want to practice tradition following, amen? But, you know, I fell to a lot of April Fool pranks growing up, and I thought, nah, I probably wouldn't want to do that this morning. Oh, amen, bro. But, you know, the thing that we are here in our ministry, if you're visiting with us, we're just an imperfect people following a perfect Savior. We're just like you. We got bills, we got struggles, we got challenges in our marriage, we got kids that drive us crazy at times, we've got, you know, our jobs that try, try and distract us from doing what we need to do, and we've got challenges along the same things that you, did, you have. And I think for me, we're just an imperfect people following a perfect Savior. And we don't have it all figured out this morning, so don't think just because you're the minister, I have all the right answers. I don't. I'm still learning this thing called life. I'm 41 years old. I've got two boys. I've never had two boys in my life before. I've got an amazing wife. I've never had a great, amazing wife in my life before. And so for me, I'm still learning, and we're still learning these things together. And so I hope you put your seatbelts on to run in for a treat to really talk about God's love this morning. You know, in the back, what we do a lot in our ministry is we, we believe in prayer. Amen. And uh, we have prayer requests. And so if you have any prayer requests, please... Back to go to the basket, take a piece of paper out, write down some prayers and things you want. Also, because we're a new ministry here, write down things that you think we need to grow in and change in. I think there's a lot of things we need to really help and improvement in. Wouldn't you agree, church? Yep. Even this morning, we had our own consultant come out. Come and we had her come out and say, hey, what can we do to, to, to make up our service a little bit nicer? And she talked about the lights. And I know the lights are like, this is, this is brighter than the sun outside. But we talked about, you know, we, we need to grow in having enhancing our worship services. Amen. And having different things. So please, in the prayer basket, put some suggestions. Some things that we can do and some things that you can help us with to enhance our worship service here in Metro East Ministry. So please do that in the back table. We would appreciate and we're open to the things that you're doing. And uh, God's put in your heart. But uh, it is March Madness, isn't it? Yeah. I love college basketball. And, uh, you know, for me, I, anyone got their brackets blown up yet? Okay. The brackets, if, if you don't know, the, the, the college basketball is, this is the highlight of college basketball right now. And I got to do a little bragging in the Lord about my son. You know, my son is nine years old. And we always do our brackets the past couple years. And he's the only one I know amongst all my friends who have all four teams in the Final Four. Wow. Both teams in the championship. And now he's picked Kansas to win the championship. So we'll see what happens tomorrow night. If he does, he gets all the money in the Lovegren pot. And he's excited about that. He reminded me, Daddy, I can't wait to get paid. He doesn't even know how much it is. It doesn't matter to him. Right? We're not talking Las Vegas, modern day here. I'm not bringing it here. That's not my point. So some of you stop thinking that. Just because I was from Vegas, I don't bring in Vegas here. Amen, bro. And I'm not practicing. But I think I love is teaching my kids having fun. And just keep the money in the Lovegren house. Yep. Don't Amen. spend it on the bracketology out there and CS, CBS and all these other bracket pools. The money stays in-house. And we're so grateful for that. But uh, let's go ahead and pray. Prepare our hearts and minds to receive his word. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads and let's pray to God. God, we uh, fall short every single day. And God, we uh, know the needs in our fellowship are great. I pray you're with the Leal family as Rick's grandfather's having a hard time in his life. And uh, Jenna's dad is, is struggling with cancer. And uh, God, we lift up their family. We lift up her and Skylar and Rick in a great way that you'd protect them. That you really take care of them. 
God, we know that the challenges are great. I can't imagine the feelings and, and, and the struggles. And I pray that, God, even if we don't know how to cope with those things, that we wouldn't be afraid to give Jenna a hug. I wouldn't be afraid to just initiate and say we're praying for you and praying with you. Amen. God, I do pray you'd comfort the family. Be with those that have lost loved ones. I know, God, my heart is, is heavy. My heart is, is, is challenged even this morning to talk about love because of the, the number of people I'm close to that have lost loved ones. And, God, it's a challenge. God, I do pray for Patricia McEwen losing her dad, Sandy Reed losing her mom, Greg Watson losing his dad, and Christy Watson losing her grandfather this past week. God, be with Eric Cannon, who lost his amazing soul partner, Joy. And we know she's in heaven, and she's up above looking at us right now. But we pray for really Eric and his three kids, that you protect their family. Yes, I pray you're with the Causey family to comfort them during John's sister's loss, that, God, you would really comfort Emma and John in great ways to help them during this loss and help his family in Indiana to, to really cope. And, Father, we're so thankful for Theo Johnson and his faith as he's mourning the loss of his sister. And be with Eileen Chow, who's mourning the loss of her aunt. And uh, maybe there's many of us who haven't shared that someone else has lost. But we just pray for those that are having a hard time with loved ones. And, uh, Father, we just, uh, we just lift them up to you. And we offer this prayer as a fragrant offering and humbly ask that you would bless their lives. God, be with those with health challenges. Be with those with spiritual needs. Be with our financial needs. God, be with our physical needs. And God, lift up the people that are studying the Bible. It's so great to see DJ Smock and continue to be with Edwin Carter. Be with Maria Martinez. Be with Rudy Saitan. Be with Johnny Aguilar. Be with Jesse. Uh, be with Ricardo and Lissandra Magana. God, help them continue to make decisions and strides in their faith and continue to grow in their marriage. And be with Anna Mellon and Annette Lomalai. God, please bless their lives. Bless their hearts to really want to follow Jesus. God, we need you. We bless this lesson. And I pray that it would be a great time for all of us to draw close to you, and to help us in our relationship with you. God, we love you. We need you. We pray in Jesus' name and the church says. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and do me a favor. I didn't say this earlier. Turn off your phones. Make sure they're on vibrate. Turn off your iPads, your MadPads, your HitPads, your whatever you want to call them. Turn off the, the electronic devices. You know, our theme for the year, if you don't recognize, is right behind me, is, is first century faith. And the thing I love we'll be talking about is being anchored in love. Has it helped anybody being, talking about being anchored in love? Yeah, I tell you, for me, it's, it's, it's been great. On, on March 4th, I talked about just being anchored in God's love, how, how God's love bandages us. In God's love, it believes. and God's love blesses. And you know, on March 18th, it talked about just the most excellent way. How love always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres that love never fails. And you know, for me last week, it's, it's, it was great being all together in, in, in Ontario, California. And uh, over there at the Citizens Business Bank Arena. And it's great to see over 8,000 people just worshiping God. And uh, for me, I was so inspired just to be there. But, but I appreciate, you know, Mike Tolliver, his lesson. You know, anytime someone preaches, you got to make sure you don't sit there and let it fall on deaf ears. Amen, church? Amen. You know, preaching is important for you to go, hey, what can I take away from today? Yep. Well, what can I learn from today? How can I be a better in person today? And I think for me, you know, today I want to—I really stay with the theme of being anchored in love. And look over in Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. You know, the Bible says, this has been a great passage for uh, the Lovegren family household. This has been our family devotionals over the past five, four or five months. And uh, I'm really, really excited about really sharing this lesson this morning. But in Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look in verse 9. The Bible says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. And we're going to stop there. You know, for me, I think the, the thing I love about this passage is that it talks about love must be sincere. 
Your love must be genuine. You know, it says hate what is evil. We don't like evil. Evil things are not for us to really focus on. But it says hate what is evil. Detest it. But cling to what is good. Holding on to what is good. Really, really putting your arms and your life around what is good. And you know, for me, it's, it's important for us to look at love in action. You know, how would you feel if someone said they loved you but did nothing about it? Mm. How, how would you feel if you come to church and say, I love you, bro, but you, they never do anything to show you that they do love you? Because well. see, sometimes it's easy for us to use words. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy for us to say, I love you. It's harder to show that you love them. Yeah. And you know, for those you know, who, who, who like things simple, this morning's lesson is really, really simple. It's simply, love must be sincere. Yeah, amen. Love must be sincere. Well, Doug, I've heard all these messages on love. I said, well, you know, a lot of times we hear lessons on love and we hear sermons, but do we really listen to the sermons? Do we allow the sermons to change us? Because you can sit there and have a sermon and have these lessons, but if we do nothing about it, then you know different than anybody else. And it's not here to play church. We're here to really follow Jesus. And so love must be sincere. You know, there's people I love really touching base with, about 12 guys I've really given myself to say, hey, I, I really want to in- involve my, myself in your life. And I want you to influence my life. And, and this past week, I shared with them kind of my struggles I've had over the past three or four months. And I'd like to share personally. Can I share personally? So I think some of us, we really crave honesty at times. And sometimes we're, we're waiting for someone to lead the charge. So I figured I'd kind of lead the charge this morning. And just share personally what I've been learning and what God has been teaching me. And as of late, over the past five to eight weeks, with the recent deaths of people's loved ones, it has really weighed on my heart. And it's been challenging to see your friends that you love hurting. It's challenging to to look at someone who's lost their sister, who's never, ever, ever going to be able to physically touch that person ever again. You know, it's hard to sit down with a Greg Watson and, and, and see the look in his eyes that he's never going to be with his dad. Yeah. He's never going to be able to talk to him. Yeah. You know, to see uh, the funeral service on, on, for uh, Joy Cannon this past weekend, and to see Eric and, and the three kids, and, and my heart goes out to the family, because they're never going to see their mom. And I tell you, it just, it just it weighs heavy on my heart, because I think personally... For me, I just I love helping people grow. But I think, for me, we've got to re- realize today is a gift. It's called a present. That's why it's present. It's a gift for us. Yep. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And for me personally, I want to make a difference in my life. I don't want to just say, I wish I could have, should have, would have done this with them or her or him. And I think for us, we've got to make our life count. Don't wait till tomorrow to make that phone call that you know you should call your mom. Don't wait for tomorrow to call your auntie you miss. You haven't talked to for a while to say, hey, I miss you. I love you. Don't wait for tomorrow because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Neither are they. And I'm not trying to lay a heavy burden on us today. But I'm trying to sensitize your, your, your understanding of how precious this is called life. Yeah, come on. That we need to have sincere love. Love must be genuine. You know, what God's telling me in my times with him is that we need love in action. There needs to be love. There needs to be action with our love. Stop saying you love me if you do nothing about it. 
You know, show me all your love, but do nothing about it. For me, words are empty. Yep. And that's why 24 years of my life, I was like, I don't want to go to church because so many people talked the talk, but never walked the walk. That's right. And that's why I love coming to this church, is that we don't have it all on right. But one thing I do love is that we speak the truth to each other. Come on, bro. We're in each other's lives. We're in the trenches helping us have love that is, must be sincere. You're not just talking about love, but, but, but practicing it. Not just coming to church, same old, same old. I think some of us, we come to church and we sit in the same seat and we got the same you know, outfit on and we're, we're doing the same thing and we got the same routine. And I think for us, I'm not saying you stink, don't get, take it personally. I'm not, don't get insecure in your outfit, some of the brothers or sisters. But what I'm saying is, it can't just be the same old, same old. You understand me, church? Amen. There's got to be life. Make today counts. If you didn't have tomorrow, what would you do different today? If you weren't guaranteed another hour of life, how would you live your life different today? And whatever the Spirit says, do that. Follow it. Love must be sincere. Well, how do I be sincere? Well, speak the truth in love. Well, how do I be sincere? Be open. Be transparent with your life. Well, how can I be sincere? Serve those less fortunate than yourself. Stop complaining about your problems and look at other people who have greater challenges. See, that's sincere love. Sincere love is going out of your way, inconveniencing yourself, yes, in your busy schedule. I'm not going to ask, but anybody else busy in this room? Anyone got a lot on their plates? Anyone overwhelmed with life? Anyone like can't even find an hour in their time to do something because you're so busy? But what are you busy doing? What are you filling your life with? For me, I I focused on beer, basketball, and and, and babes. The bees. And for 24 years, it didn't go anywhere. Because I was like, there's got to be something worth more. What's sincere? I want genuine relationship. I want genuine love. And when I studied the Bible and I saw, wow, talk about the real deal, holy field. Talk about the genuine article. Talk about too legit to quit. Talk about the main squeeze. Talk about everything that you're looking for in life is right here in the Bible. Because see, love must be sincere. And it it doesn't take faith to be a Christian sometimes. It takes faith to walk the Christian life. It takes faith to to do something about it. I'm, I'm really excited because I think for me, it's so easy to say we love and not show we love. That's right. You know, when's the last time you had someone in your house for a meal? When's the last time you were, you know, served someone else something to help them? When's the last time you went out of your way, your busy schedule, to get time with someone that needs help? Yeah, I'm grateful for other men in my life to encourage and inspire me. But for me, who are the men and women in your life helping you? At different times, we can be isolated Christians. Yep. I'm saying some blanket statements here because I think at different times, I don't want us just to come to church and just come and come late and then leave early. Come early. Enjoy the sweet fellowship, not just the sweet donuts, <laughs> but, but enjoy the sweet fellowship. You know, when's the last time we had a, a, a sincere, genuine talk with somebody? Right after church, what do we do? Hey, hey, bro, how you doing? What, what game are you going to watch? I don't know. We get some lunch. Where are you going to lunch? I don't know. Let's get real and sincere with each other. Yep. Hey, you look like you're having a tough day. Are you doing okay? Hey, you know, how was your morning? Except for sitting on the donut, Edgar. 
You know, asking sincere questions. Being genuine. Not just playing church. Looking good. You know, getting deep. Getting sincere and genuine. It all begins with being, for me, a part of a small group. And I think for me, I, I love sincere love. And I'm going to talk more about just this, this simple verse. But for me, you know, I made some decisions after this past week. And I put them to practice. You know, before I can call the church to do something, I've got to do it myself. Amen, church? First Corinthians 11, one, follow my example. Paul says that I follow the example of Christ. I'm not calling you to do something I'm not having done myself. And so this past week, I said, okay, I want to show sincere love this week, and then I want to preach about it. Because I don't want to say something I'm not willing to do myself. And so this week, I inconvenienced myself with three appointments. With three people I normally don't get with. And I showed up at their house. Two of them were like, what are you doing here? Uh, what did I do wrong? Did I, not, did I not do something at church? Did I kind of miss something? or What's going on? What brings you here? And I, I was humbled by that because I don't want them to feel that their ministry is so untouchable. Jesus was with the people. And for me, it was great to come to a couple of their houses and sit there and just, hey, can I share some scriptures? Because I'm think, thinking about you and your family and what you're going through, the loss of your sister. You know, I, I, I was just thinking about you, the loss of your dad. And I want to share some scriptures. I want to be sincere. See, when's the last time you practiced Luke 9, 23? Where you denied yourself. Come on. And you met the needs of somebody else. Come on, Doug. You know, I'm so proud I made the decision for myself because it was so good for my faith to say, hey, you know, I want to be sincere. I want to go and, and be with the people that I normally don't influence. That I normally, I see them on Sunday and that's about it. But going to their house, sitting in their living room, drinking their water, and then dealing with what, what brings you here, you know. But I think it's so, when's the last time you stopped by someone's house? Now, one of them, I'm not going to say names. When do I stop by? What do, why are you here? You should have called me first. Well, I love you. I just want to come by. I won't have to come inside. I, I, just, I was thinking, I want to be sincere with my love. I just want to say hello. You were on my heart. Oh, that's why you came. And the disarming defensiveness was dissolved. Amen. Because what? Love must be sincere. That's right. I'm not here for anything else. You know, Luke 9, 23, turn over there. Don't have a lot of fruit-fruit points and interesting things. I just want to share about sincere love because I really believe this is an area that I think we as a church need to continue to grow in. Wouldn't you agree, church? Amen. We can't ever say, I am the perfect person in loving. I have arrived. I am it. I am the perfect example of love. I think we're all working on aspiring to follow Jesus. And that's why we're here. But for me, it's, it's so important for us to see, are we really practicing love must be sincere. Luke 9, 23, a passage a lot of us read, read, and then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross on Sunday and Wednesday and follow me. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed one. Okay, take up their cross on Sunday, midweek, and faith group, and then follow me. No, no, it says, come follow me, pick up your cross daily. Now, that's an upward call for all of us. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yes. But I think for us, sometimes we read and gloss over scriptures and, and we don't practice them. We don't even deny ourselves our, our, our wants and feelings. We just say, we're just going to do what we're going to do and take care of what I need. But when's the last time you saw a need and you addressed it, not waiting for someone else to address it for you? You know, denying yourself, it is so hard, isn't it? 
And I think it's so simple. But I think it's so hard for us to apply or it's easy for us to gloss over it and not even practice it. See, for me, it's denying, picking up your cross daily and following me. See, it's not, okay, who's a Christian? Oh, I'm a Christian. I, I know the scriptures. For me, the greatest thing I love is when you back it up with your life. And that's when I saw these people. When I came to church, I was like, okay, you're different. Number one, you, I came here, you're loving. Number two, you're really genuine. And number three, you actually follow what the Bible teaches. I love that about this church. Because it's not about following the preacher, it's following Jesus. It's not about following the, the, the convenience and the culture and whatever the world says, but it's following Jesus. And for me, love must be sincere. Sincere love requires concentration and effort. Today, a lot of us say we love each other. But love is not just genuinely saying hello. Love is not just being polite. I think sometimes we think because we're polite and we don't ruffle the feathers that we're being loving. Sometimes... It, it takes, you know, digging in there and saying, hey, how are you doing today? Yep. Hey, you and your wife don't look very happy today. I think some of us, we see issues and we don't address it because we're not willing to get uncomfortable. Well, we're not willing to take that extra level of sincere love well, that is digging deeper and affording to ask the questions that should be asked. Yep. You know, today God is saying love must be sincere. It's not an option for his followers. It's not a suggestion. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Sincere love requires concentration. It demands our time. Sincere love requires sacrifice financially. And it requires personal involvement. Mm -hmm. You can't sincerely love on the outside. It's not, you know, church is not meant to go, hey, go to the zoo. You look at the animals and go home. <laughs> church is meant to participate and to come. And that's why I say we're imperfect. We don't have it all on straight. But you know what? We're going to tell you how we're feeling. How we think. What we're going through. Because we know that we don't know how to do these things called life. And we're trying to figure out and struggle through things together. But are we really sincere with our love? You know, one thing that man and I do is we, we do pre-marriage counseling with a lot of couples. And there's two young couples that we're meeting with consistently now. And they're so impressionable, they're so young, they think that love is fleeting and, and that love is just all the things you do. And we're saying, hey, you know what, we want to teach you God's blueprint for marriage. And it's only found in the Bible. It's not a self-help book, it's not out there in, in, in the streets that you can do all these different things. And, and you can follow people, but I, I want to really, as man, I sit down with these couples, we want to teach them God's blueprint for marriage. Sincere love is only found through the scriptures. It's only found through the scriptures. The world offers, you know, monetary love. Well. Love that's circumstantial. Love that's fickle. Love that looks good, smells good. Nice cars. But, but nothing that you can take home and say, you're my friend. Oh, well, you're my Facebook friend. How long? Is that sincere love on Facebook? Oh, yeah, we're friends. We're Facebook buddies. That's not sincere love. Get out the house, go to a coffee shop, see each other face to face. That's when you can experience the thing called life. Yes. Sincere love. What our communities need, what this city needs, where your neighborhood needs, is not you telling them what's right or wrong. It's you showing them what's right or wrong. It's you showing them how to love them. It's you showing them how to walk like Jesus. It's you showing them how to really be hospitable and be a great neighbor. Not talk about being a great neighbor. But look over at 1 Peter chapter 1. We're just introducing this lesson right here. It's going to be a whole introduction and we're going to talk about things, some things. 1 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 22. You with me, church? Yeah. Come on. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, 
So that you have sincere love for each other. Love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living, enduring word of God. You know, I love this passage because, you know, by obeying the scriptures, you're actually, you know, listening to and you're actually partaking in what God wants you to do. So when you obey the scriptures, it's powerful. But here it says, by obeying the truth, so that what? You're, you have a sincere love for each other. See, sincere love is found in the Bible. Now, where does faith come from? So if you read the Word, you're going to be more faithful. If you read the Word, you're going to be more loving. The converse is true. When you read the Bible, you're going to be more loving. When you're having a hard time loving your wife, try reading Ephesians chapter 4 and 5. And then come talk to me. Because I think it's so important for us to allow God to shape us what true love is. Sincere love involves selfless giving. A self-centered person can't truly love. Because it's always about them. That's why when you become a Christian, it's so hard because you've got to be willing to give up your own life, your own comforts, your own joys. Because God's saying, put me first. Now, it might be a challenge, but put me first and watch the return on investment. Watch your life change. That's why people go, wow, Doug, you're, you're, your marriage is amazing. At different times, my pride says, look what I've done. But I've got to get humble and go, you know what, it's not me. It's the Word of God. When my wife and I really put the Scriptures into practice, this is what happens in our marriage. This is what we get. But it's when we listen to the world and we listen to the, our neighbors and what they think is right that we start to get off track and not having sincere love. The definition of sincere means free of deceit, no hypocrisy or falseness, genuine, the real article, pure, unmixed, unadulterated. Now, the origin of the word comes from the Latin. Sin, which is without, sere, is wax. And so... Really dishonest sculptures back in Rome and Greece. What they used to do is they'd make these beautiful sculptures. And then when they, they made a mistake, they would cover it with wax. So no one else could see. Doesn't it sound familiar like some of us? Sometimes we make these horrible mistakes. And not sculptures, but in our life. And we, we try and cover up with a lie. And we try and cover up with another lie. And we try and cover up with not even being open and honest about it. And before you know it, we can't quite sure figure out what your sculpture's about. And so the amazing thing back in those times was that they had dishonest sculptures who had what? Sincerity. They had, they, they, they had these, these, these blemished sculptures that people were like, wow, that looks good on the outside, but all these different blemishes. And I think for me, the thing that God wants is God wants us to be genuine. You don't have to come to church and be perfect. Although at times, I thought everyone was perfect in the church. Didn't you think that sometimes? Oh, well, no one has these struggles, so I'm not going to say anything. Maybe I'm the only one who felt that. Well, man, I'm not going to talk about this in my marriage because, man, nobody else in this church ever struggles in their marriage. I think we can, we can try and cover things up with words, but the truth comes out when you sit down and you admit to things you need in your life. You know, for me, love must be sincere. I appreciate George maybe. You guys know George? And I asked him I could, I could share about this, so he, he made sure and approved it. But you know, I appreciate George. George came to me about three weeks ago. He says, Doug, man, I'm really struggling. I just don't feel loved by people. But I feel loved by people, he'd say. I just kind of feel like I don't really know where, where I belong. I kind of, you know, I'm just coming every Sunday and going through the motions. And, and I just don't, I'm, I'm not engaged. I'm having a hard time reading my Bible. And, you know, Brent and I get together and we pray and we talk through things. And, but I'm just feeling like, man, what is up with my life? And I'm not feeling, you know, connected to people. 
And he said, you know, Doug, I made a decision. I said, what's that, George? I said, I got to start using my gifts to serve God. And you know what I'm going to do? I really don't want to do it, Doug. I said, what? I'm going to serve kids' kingdom. I said, George, go for it, dude. He goes, no, no, really, because I really don't want to do it. And I kind of want to come here and take a seat and not get engaged in the fellowship. I kind of want to disappear. But I know if I do that, man, I'm out the door, the back door of the church. And he goes, man, I just, I just, I just need to, to change because I need help. Well, he started serving two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And it's amazing. He came up to me like last week. He goes, Doug, man, life is awesome now. What is it? The light went off, he said. When I start to take my eyes off myself and I start to really give, and I start to really get my hands dirty. And I start to do what I feel God's calling me to do. When I don't do those things, I get critical. Yeah. I sit back and I don't, I don't want to get involved. And I'm getting, oh man, he's not being loving to me. And, I, and, and it's when I'm serving these kids and, and denying myself and practicing my faith. When I'm having a sincere faith. Well, now I'm so much more connected. Amen. I go, man, I'm so proud of you, George. Now, it's not easy. That's George. <laughs> but what? It's, it's about love must be sincere. You know, for me, I want to give us a challenge to the church. Amen, church? Amen. Yeah, I, want, I want us to write down Romans chapter 12, verse 9. And this week, every day this week, I would like for us to memorize this verse. And I want us to put it into practice. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. I want us to write down that verse. Put it on a flashcard, 3x5 card, put it in the back pocket. Keep it with you. And when you don't want to be loving, when you're having a bad attitude, pull it out. Love must be sincere. Amen. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Okay. How am I going to be sincere with my love today? Who am I going to be sincere with? And choose to be sincere. And I guarantee you next Sunday, when I'm going to say it at church, ask you if you did it or not. I'm going to ask you in the fellowship. Watch God do amazing things in your life. Why is that? Because when you read the scriptures and you put it into practice, your life and your faith begins to change. Stop sitting on the outskirts and doubting. Stop sitting on the outskirts and saying, it's not going to happen. Or, it's been so long. I'm having a hard time with my faith. You know why? Try reading your Bible a different translation. Try reading your Bible somewhere else, not just the same old chair. Right? Well, you know, I feel like I'm not growing and changing. Buy a new Bible. That will get you reading scriptures in a different way. What? To exercise your faith. And I really believe, put this scripture into practice this week, it'll change your life. Amen, church? Amen. Last scripture here I want to share, and I want us to watch a little video. Ephesians chapter 2. You guys understand my whole lesson is love must be what? Sincere. I'm sorry, love must be what? Sincere. I want us to be sincere with our love. Now, if you don't, say, if you don't feel like you, you love that person, you don't have to say it. Be genuine. Say it when you're ready, and say it when you mean it. In Ephesians chapter 2 is a great scripture. I, I, just, I was reading it all week and I thought about sharing it this morning, so I wanted to share it. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. But because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. 
And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. See, for it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. Now here's the key. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, the one point I want to make about this scripture, there's so much to share in verses 1 through 9. And it just, it just makes me think about my life before I became a Christian. But I love the verse 10 because in verse 9, or verse 10 it says, excuse me, for we are God's handiwork. You know, in, in the Greek it says we are God's masterpiece. God thinks of us, His sons and daughters today, as His masterpiece. Now, entertain me right here. Let's, let's look at some slides. Amir, get that slide up. Just some slides to probe our thoughts, and we're going to have a closing video. Now look at these masterpieces. These are world-renowned masterpieces. Next one. Anyone recognize one of those pictures? Anyone recognize at least one? You got the Mona Lisa. You got Abraham up here, the God up here on the top right. You got the, the Last Supper. These are, these are famous masterpieces. Now look at the next one. Oh, man. Now that's a masterpiece right there. Don't worry about whose kid it is. Stop. Don't even think about it. Next slide. Man, look at that. Look at the Ramirez's daughters and the Dowie's daughters. What, what, what a masterpiece. What, what, what brilliance. What, what handiwork. Created by God. Look at the last one. Look at Erica. She's fired up. And you know for us, as we watch this video, I want us to think, you know, no matter who you are, God loves you. And God has already proven His love by sending Jesus. You know, we are, we are God's masterpiece. And I'm going to share this video, and then afterwards I'll share some closing thoughts. So if we can play the video, lower the lights.
say nothing. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say nothing. Yes, I do. It's a Greek word. Oh, oh okay. If you're God, what does Lamentations 15, 9 say? Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. <laughs> if you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. I gave it away. You answered my question on the question. I did? <laughs> yep, I do that.
this relationship, I hold you up. You know, uh, I love that video so much. 
And uh, one thing I want us to repeat is, yeah, you can stop that one too. Whole different song right there. What's up? But I want us to say, repeat after me, I am God's original masterpiece. I want you to say it like you, you mean, don't say it yet. Say, man, I am God's original masterpiece. I am God's original masterpiece. That's how God views you. You should view yourself the same way. You know, love must be sincere, church. It's got to be genuine. Remember that you're God's masterpiece. That your birth wasn't just some random birth. Your life wasn't just a bleep on the screen. You're not an accident. You were created for good works. You were created to do something great in your life. And so look for opportunities every day to do good. Let's let God chisel away at the junk in our life and allow other people to help us to deal with our junk because you can't do it by yourself. And I think at different times we try. And we convolute a way to figure it out and we're going to do it on our own strength and God's just sitting there going, hello. So right now I want to take us some time to, to respond to the message and then I'll come up here and we'll get a chance to hear some announcements and um, talk through some things. But don't get out of your chairs. Take some time to respond. What, what, what was it for you? Maybe something that helped you in the message. Uh, what, what stuck out to you? And then I'll come back and uh, do some um, announcements. So take some time right now to fellowship amongst yourselves and talk a little bit about the message. <clears throat>